Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, We're excited now into August to not just talk about some of the different aspects of our local church's life, but to really inspire people to want to get involved in them. We usually look at August as kind of a recruitment season. And so uh, we've got some of our ministry leaders this month talking about their areas of ministry so people can better understand them and hopefully plug in and and make a difference. And so uh, starting us off, we've got our children's ministry pastor, Jade Bowie. Jade, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Hi, everyone. Uh, Just give us a reminder of who you are, your own background, family context. I know you've been on this before, but uh, not not as a pastor. You were in a different role before, so maybe you want to talk about that too. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess that was right around the transition time. (laughs) It all blurs together since I've come back from my last maternity leave. Um, But yeah, um, I've been around Southridge for nine years. Um, Didn't grow up in the church, but uh, kind of felt a call to explore faith and start praying myself when I was a teenager and um, went to Toronto for school and visited a few churches. And then when I was uh, engaged to get married, we decided to kind of find a church our, for us to go to together and call home and raise our kids in. And we ended up at Southridge. Um, probably a typical story to a lot of people, just attended for a couple of years, felt like we weren't really um, connected or really able to make friendships or relationships by just kind of coming and going on Sundays. Um, So joined a life group and then got involved in a nursery, the nursery and the shelter and everything just kind of snowballed from there and ended up on staff. It's been five years now that I've been on staff with the family ministry team. Um, I'm married to my husband, Greg. We've been married for uh, nine years as well and have three little ones. Um, Adeline will be six uh, next week. Joel just turned four and Naomi will be two in September. So uh, it's a busy house, really looking forward to hopefully in September school being back to normal and both of the older ones being at school. And hopefully Naomi will be in daycare in September and uh, it'll be a completely new kind of chaos getting everybody to their different places in the morning, but <laughs> uh, it'll also be a, a nice break during the day. Yeah, children's ministry pastor has been more your lifestyle than yeah. your job description <laughs> lately. It's just a twenty-four hour thing here around here. <laughs> hey, uh, talk a little bit about how the pandemic's been for you and for your family circumstances. I know it's a unique experience for all of us, but when you got three young kids, that's got to have been tough. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I mentioned earlier, I didn't say it when we were recording, but I've got a bit of a cold now. So apologies if I'm clearing my throat or my voice sounds scratchy, but I feel like part of that came from just kind of stress and being run down and my immune system not fighting things as well as it could while we're also around new people more and more now as things open up. Um, But yeah, the pandemic was definitely uh, an experience. Lots of of great things came out of it for sure. Um, I really 
you know, on my best days, tried to just enjoy the extended time with the kids, with all of them at home, knowing that, you know, that was really rare and wouldn't happen again. Um, tried to, you know, make memories, lots of hikes, lots of going outside. I actually really enjoyed doing the home learning and engaging the kids and kind of homeschool at home. Um, and we're so fortunate to have, you know, a nice house and a nice yard and family support. But all of those material things also doesn't mean that it's not challenging. Um, as you said, with three young kids, it's just really been constant. Like the noise level is at 110% all the time. And especially when the weather wasn't that nice and everybody's inside, the house is always a mess. Somebody's always upset. Somebody's crying. Somebody's not getting along. Um, you know, everyone and, and our kids are so little that they're, they have a lot of needs, especially in the past year and a half. Um, so it's a lot of physical caring for them, which can be exhausting. And then mixing in, trying to, to work from home um, and balance all that has been definitely, definitely an experience. Um, and, uh, you know, you'd think we'd have it figured out by now, but still every week has its own challenges. <laughs> I can imagine. What would you say your, your greatest learning has been either... Mm -hmm you know, through work or, or personally through the pandemic? Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, for my kids, I've noticed a huge difference in the past month of summer vacation, like with the online schooling done and being able to go places and see people and go swimming, their behavior has, and personalities have just been night and day. My daughter was really struggling in the spring and she is just back to herself and imagining and not breaking down at the smallest thing anymore and just seeming really happy. And um, so that's been good to see um, the difference that just giving them a break and giving them free time and, and prioritizing fun can make for the kids and for all of us. For me, I've always considered myself an introvert um, and need my alone time to recharge, which is difficult when there's three little people who need me for everything. Um, but I definitely found throughout the past year and a half that I also need my community and really value that and have enjoyed connecting with friends and family again and kind of overfilling my weeks a bit, but really leaning into that. And I didn't realize how much um, extrovert, extrovertedness, I guess, there was in me. Um, and then I think my last learning is that, uh, you know, sometimes slowing down in the lockdowns are not that bad. I think it was the first or second week of July when church was open again on Sunday mornings. The kids had started soccer and baseball and Greg was coaching and some family parties happening, getting to see the cousins and extended people and being in the building in person for meetings. And at the end of the week, I was kind of like, wow, you know, that, that lockdown, lockdowns really weren't that bad. It's really not that bad to wake up in the morning and not have to go somewhere uh, and only have a puzzle to do uh, once in a while. So we'll definitely have to work on incorporating those slow moments into our yeah. life rhythms. It's amazing how many of us are now trying to retain the value of simplicity that mm -hmm. we experienced maybe for the first time or maybe in a, in a, in a, a fuller way than ever uh, mm -hmm. through those lockdowns. And so I, I probably wouldn't wish lockdowns on people, but mm -hmm. uh, by spiritual discipline, it might be good once in a while to put ourselves on lockdown for that reason. Exactly. 
Hey, uh, we want to talk about family ministry and uh, specifically your world, children's ministry, which is a part of this larger umbrella. Um, first things first, Jade, remind us again of how family ministry makes spiritual progress in kids and developing young adults. Mm -hmm. So family ministry exists, like you said, to make spiritual progress in kids and young adults. And we do that through three primary ways. Um, so first, we partner with parents as the primary spiritual influence in the lives of their kids. Um, we, we know that, you know, we only get to see kids for a short time every week and parents and guardians have much more influence in their lives, much many more hours with them. And the, you know, data shows that, that parents are the primary influence. So we want to support them so that they can be uh, the best parents they can be, that they can practice their own faith and live that in a way that will influence their kids. Um, we have a zero to 18 spiritual development plan that kind of focuses on big ideas and stories and themes that are vital to kids' spiritual growth and formation. Um, and we do that mainly through our Sunday morning programs and uh, during the week for our youth programs. Um, and that's planned out. You know, we have uh, plans for each year and themes and developmentally appropriate ways that we want to engage kids. And then we also want to expose them to the three-dimensional lifestyle of devotion um, that we live out in Southridge in age-appropriate ways. So finding ways to engage them in action and in loving and serving their community. Yeah, and as people are listening to this, both from Southridge and beyond, I know we have uh, people and church leaders from other churches who listen in on this podcast mm -hmm. as well. And, and just to clarify all that, uh, I'd want us to appreciate that we're, we're still trying to only always ever do one thing to make spiritual progress in kids and developing it, young adults, what this extra description or these three different aspects refer to are, number one, a strategy, the partnering with parents. Number two, a content, which is the crib to college or the zero to 18 uh, spiritual development plan. And number three, a model, the exposing or kind of the replicating what we do for big adults but the replicating of the exposure to the three dimensions of the, of the way of life. And so just to clarify in our minds, we're not trying to do three things. We're not trying to do four things. We're trying to do one thing, but through three different aspects, a strategy, a content, and a model. And it's in that framework that, you know, we're trying to, to build this family ministry and that you're trying to build this kids ministry. From your experience so far new into this role, Jade, what would you say is the hardest of those aspects for you to build right now? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they all have their uh, challenging aspects. Um, over the years, I being in family ministry, I would say it's been a challenge to engage kids in that lifestyle of full devotion um, when we do only see them for maybe one hour a week and kind of rely on what's going on at home to engage them as well, maybe families serving together. Um, so I have lots of dreams about how we can continue to grow in this way. We have uh, uh, Compassion Children that we sponsor um, as a family ministry, and I would love to see our um, preschool and MS kids really grow, lean into that relationship more and engage in letter writing and getting to know what's going on in those communities moving forward. But I would say that right now, um, kind of as we transition out of lockdowns, but we're not fully 
seeing our community for for in person um, or living that out as fully as we maybe have in the past. Uh, it is a challenge to partner with parents right now. Um, it's almost easier during lockdown when everyone was online and on email and on Zoom and we were um, delivering subscription boxes of resources to help support them at home uh, and connecting with them in different ways. But right now when you know, people are trying to limit their their time online and time on email and time on Zoom, but maybe also aren't ready to see people in person or be at the church. It's, it's kind of this in-between time where um, we want to be connecting with parents and supporting them with where they're at and are going to continue to try to find ways to do that. Uh, getting a bit more practical into your ministry world, um, mm-hmm. You know, children's ministry plays out in some specific programs. Uh, can you just kind of summarize for us and and, and uh, walk through how these different programs work? Yeah, so we have our Little Lights program for our um, our little ones. <laughs> so uh, that's divided up into nursery and preschool. So nursery is for babies um, from the age of zero to two and a half. Um, and our, our leaders just provide loving care for them, pray for them, play with them, read to them, and just kind of provide uh, a support and a safe space to introduce them to the life of the church and really support parents um, by taking care of their kids in an intentional way. In our preschool program for little ones ages two and a half up to junior kindergarten, um, we start to get a bit more into some formal programming and we'll have uh, stories that we tell and songs that we sing and crafts that we do that relate to that. Um, and it could be really simple. Like a couple weeks ago, we talked about um, Peter walking on water through his faith in Jesus. And we put lines on the floor with masking tape so the kids could practice walking in different ways and live that out in a practical way to help help them learn and understand the stories that we're telling them. Um, but again, just creating that, that cultivating that love and care for them at that age. And then our Movers and Shakers program is for um, ages SK up to grade five and um, kind of replicates what uh, we as adults would be familiar with in a church setting. We, we try to have large group time and again, have a lesson, story, worship, and then live that out and break it down in small groups, just as we would do as adults in life groups during the week. We're doing that on Sunday mornings. Kids connect in small groups with their leaders to have conversations and do some follow-up activities and build friendships and connection. Knowing that these are starting to relaunch in this coming Mm -hmm. ministry season, one of our top concerns uh, as it grows and becomes kind of more fully orbed is uh, safety, obviously, especially as we continue to navigate the pandemic. Get specific, Jade, on some of the protocols that are in place for kids and for ministry team members. I know that that's been super complicated and involved a lot of research and consultation for you. How's that playing out? Yeah, that feels like, I mean, it's all just been a blur. That was the spring trying to really figure that out and being heavily uh, invested in connecting with public health and figuring out what, what we can and should be doing and um, kind of consulting and getting our policies in place. Um, but we, I feel like we've got a pretty good system in place now to keep everybody safe when they're in our buildings. A lot of it would be familiar to uh, folks who have lived 
all of this in schools and daycares, even going to the grocery store. But we have things like, um, you know, we ask all our leaders or all our adults are wearing masks. Um, kids from preschool age and up are wearing masks. Uh, we have face shields available for our leaders if that would make them feel more comfortable to wear. We have gloves available in our spaces. Again, available based on comfort, um, especially if we're helping with maybe a bloody nose or a cut or something just to provide that extra level of protection. Um, we have shoe covers available in the nursery to keep the ground where the little ones are crawling around on clean. Um, we've arranged our spaces to help facilitate social distancing as much as possible. And we know that kids aren't going to maintain perfect distance and they're going to play together and you might hold a baby in the nursery. Um, but as much as possible, we have floor markings and portable seats that we are using in our spaces when we're on the carpet or on the ground. When we're at our tables or desks, we have placemats that indicate where kids should sit to keep them distanced. Um, something that's been a lot of work, but also really fun and exciting is each kid has their own individualized pencil case. So we've got these pencil cases packed. And when somebody comes on a Sunday, we'll put their name on one and that will be their pencil case. Nobody else will use it. So we're not sharing tools and touching the same things and creating more opportunity to share germs. Um, and I think we'll probably do that you know, as far as we can see forward. And the kids really like, there's something about having their own box that's super exciting for them and helps them engage more. Um, you know, we have capacity limits on our rooms and we'll see how that changes and fluctuates in the coming months. Um, yeah, I'd say those are some of the main things, um, but it, it's felt good. I think people have, the people who have come back so far have, have felt comfortable and have kept coming back and uh, it's just been great to see the kids engaging and smiling and having fun uh, being there. Yeah, my question for you is going to be your first kind of perspective isn't necessarily as a pastor, but it's as a parent with three kids mm -hmm. plugging into these programs. So speaking to other parents who are listening or to people who uh, are talking with other parents and trying to uh, communicate why they ought to be comfortable, like, what makes you comfortable inviting your kids, let alone other kids, uh, mm -hmm. back into these ministry programs? Mm -hmm. For sure. And I mean, quite honestly, before we opened, I hadn't even thought of myself as a parent and where we would be at on all of this. So I can understand for sure that uh, kind of fear or trepidation to launch back into being in close contact with people. But um, I would say it's just been so great to see my own kids uh, being so happy to see their leaders and connect with them, um, to see them smiling and running around and telling me about what they're doing and the friends they're making and, you know, asking on Tuesday, do we get to go to church today? Um, so I feel like that kind of, uh, for me, trumps any, any fears about safety. Um, it also just, I mean, we're all so used to doing this now that it's second nature for things like masking or keeping your distance. The kids know to wash their hands. Um, and it's just felt really safe and comfortable in general. Similarly, you know, when you put on the pastor hat, you're also inviting leaders back into the mix to be in contact with kids. And, you know, there's been some talk uh, about the, the way in which the virus has spread through kids and kids in classrooms and things like that. So similar question, like what, what, what's giving you confidence and making you comfortable inviting these leaders back into the ministry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, probably a similar answer that that 
you know, the, the connection with people and the purpose that we find in doing this um, and kind of the importance of these roles overcomes any concerns around the virus spreading at this point. Um, we have always wanted to have our leaders backs and be there for them to support them. And even more so now, we want feedback. We want to be doing things that make our leaders feel comfortable. And, you know, we we have the, the masks and the face shields and the hand sanitizer, and um, we just want to support you. So uh, I would say don't feel like you're you're on your own or coming into something full of germs or scary. The rooms are cleaned every day, every Sunday. Um, and we're just doing everything we can to make this a healthy and uh, fun and loving environment. I uh, want to come back to the whole purpose of all this, because it's not just to propagate programs, it's to make spiritual progress in kids developing young adults. So, you know, as we're re-engaging these programs to help contribute to that, what would you say from a spiritual perspective is your starting point? What's like the state of the union of where kids are at these days with, Mm -hmm. you know, their attitudes toward God or even coming out of the pandemic, just some of their primary struggles and needs. What, what's your sense of the starting point on where you're trying to stimulate spiritual growth in kids? Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a huge range from, you know, maybe older kids and teens, um, questioning things and not sure where they're at with God or, you know, if mental health has played a role in in any struggles trying to rectify how that all connects together. And then also this, um, we've talked earlier about the spiritual practice of slowing down and that creating space for some people to grow closer to God, to spend more time in prayer as a family or reading the Bible as a family. Um, uh, You know, people who have followed along online for kids, it's just second nature now and exciting to watch the videos that we post on Sunday mornings at home and maybe watch them during the week. So I think there's a huge um, range in general right now. I think that uh, families seem to just be prioritizing fun and enjoying the summer that we lived a lot of heavy stuff. And right now people are just living into their summers and camping and cottaging and swimming and beaching and going to the movies and seeing people who they haven't seen in a long time. And um, I think that need for fun and for relaxing and for kind of letting go of some of the heaviness that we've experienced is uh, the highest value for a lot of people right now. Um, As a ministry, we want to lean into that as well and understand that people are prioritizing kind of that more relaxed attitude right now. Um, maybe not following along as closely with the kind of formalized programs that are going on at Southridge. Um, but we still want to be there for them. We want to know what's happening. We want to see those pictures and be celebrating with them. Um, and on how that will play out in our kids programs on Sundays is really just, we're starting slow and prioritizing that need for belonging, that need for connection and that need for fun, um, So instead of kind of following our regular lessons plans, we're envisioning in the coming weeks, creating more space for kids to just play games together, to have conversations, to have fun, to laugh, to get to know each other, especially our little ones might never have been at a Southridge program or any kind of formal care program. So just helping them feel safe and letting them know that they belong, that they have a space in the family of God um, and at Southridge specifically. It is a weird season, isn't it? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, in most years, 
we would be like just so strongly encouraging people to leverage the summer, the summer for time off, mm-hmm. to leverage the outdoors, to leverage the chance to get away, to refresh, to rejuvenate, have fun, connect, whatever. But with this reopening, it's like, oh, but we, you know, there's, there, there's almost this underlying pressure to get people back in these buildings. And yet, even though we're reopening, we still want to lean on the side, maybe especially this year, recovering from the pandemic. Like you said, we want to lean into the side that still primarily encourages people to enjoy the recreational opportunities that the summer provides. So, you know, for people listening from Southridge and even beyond for other church leaders, that that may be counterintuitive. You might think that our primary or only agenda is to get people back into our programs. And that isn't necessarily the case, is it, Jake? No, and I've seen a lot even um, online conversation these days. Um, I mean, in the past, there would have been parents who struggled to balance their Sunday mornings between church and the hockey rink, for example. And now there might be families who don't have coming to church on Sundays as part of their routine, but still want to be part of the church and still need support and still need connections. So how can we be connecting and supporting those parents and families and engaging with them um, where they're at right now and as they grow moving forward? And so, you know, we'll still be there on Sunday mornings. We're there when people are ready and, um, you know, when they're ready to, to show up. But we're also here during the week and we're here for conversations and we're here to, to provide resources and support with wherever people are at knowing that we're trying to imagine a a fuller launch kind of post Labor Day in the fall and often are using the August season for recruitment and to help people plug in to making ministry contributions. Uh, Let's spend some minutes kind of giving your sales pitch. Uh, Describe Mm -hmm. for us, first of all, just practically the ways that people can be involved in your areas of ministry. Talk about some of the various roles, maybe some specifically that you're, that you're trying to fill. Um, Yeah, we have spaces in every role right now. So um, everything from our check-in folks who are kind of the first impressions for families and who are there to greet people with, I guess, smizing, smiling with their eyes at this point, but being that smiling face to greet families as they come in and check kids in and get them get them situated in their programs. Um, we need nursery leaders who can provide loving care for the littlest ones in our community who can show up, support families, uh, love on those little ones and introduce them to uh, the love of God. We need leaders in our preschool programs who um, can help coordinate activities and play with kids and know their names and their favorite colors. And if they have any brothers or sisters, um, we have our lessons available on video. So uh, if you've wondered about doing this before and have, you know, felt uncertain about the teaching aspect of it, know that there are resources there to support you. Um, We need MS small group leaders who can connect with kids and build relationship and facilitate conversation and just kind of be there for them on a regular basis so that they can recognize your face and know that they have somebody safe to go to uh, on Sunday mornings. And we also need large group leaders to help facilitate the morning and kind of raise the energy in the room and make sure everyone's connected in in our Movers and Shakers program. 
maybe do some of that teaching in person and, and help facilitate the morning. And then if Sundays are hard for you, there's also roles during the week that would be super valuable. Um, we are in need of a few coordinators. So people who are more maybe administrative and can help connect with our ministry teams and make the schedules each week. Um, people who love to connect maybe more with adults as, as opposed to kids could help with coaching, which would be supporting our leaders, seeing how they're doing, pouring into them and helping them problem solve um, in their roles as leaders with the kids. So there is something for everybody. <laughs> and if I'm, if I'm considering one of these roles and wondering where I might best fit, what would you say it takes to make a contribution in one of these areas of ministry? What kind of heart, what kind of gifts, what kind of time, what do, what do I need to know about myself that says, yeah, I've got what it takes to serve in kids ministry? Mm -hmm. I think the word that you used heart is the main thing. You don't need to have special skills or training or experience to do any of these things. Um, if you just have a heart for kids, um, for raising up these kids in the church and for showing them what it means to be part of the family of God, that is really the main thing that you need. Um, if you have kind of an attitude to be able to make it work and, and, and go with the flow, as is the nature with kids, and kind of follow their lead sometimes, um, just a desire to serve and to build up the kingdom and to be part of the church. Uh, if you have your own faith in God that, that you can share and model or a desire to connect relationally with people, if you're good at that relationship building, um, you know, those are kind of the, the main things that we need as opposed to certain skills or experiences. Um, in terms of a time commitment, ideally, we'd be serving every other week. So, you know, one hour every other week on a Sunday morning. Um, if you'd rather help out during the week doing the scheduling and stuff, again, same thing. It really isn't, you know, it's not like an hour every day. It's those emails back and forth and kind of working it into your routine a couple hours a month. Jade, we've never treated younger people in our church as, you know, the congregation or the leaders of tomorrow. We've always viewed them as our today, not our future. And so, you know, as you're describing this, I'd want people to appreciate the tremendous significance to have impact, make a difference and create legacy um, for our community and ultimately for the kingdom of God. In, in trying to inspire people to, to this area of ministry, you know, just share any final encouragements or challenges, or maybe even give us your best sales pitch for mm -hmm. investing someone's next year into this next generation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally believe that uh, kids, that young people can bring us closer to God and that, uh, yes, obviously there's value to worshiping together and, um, hearing sermons and doing that in community with other adults. But being with kids can also really show us and introduce us to the heart of Jesus at a really basic level that gets closer to how we were initially created, what it was like in the garden. They, kids are full of, um, full of excitement and joy and they're less embarrassed and they're less constrained by, you know, worrying what people will think of them or how they'll look. And, that freedom to ask questions and have conversations and dance together and be silly can really draw us in to the heart of Christ and 
you know, instead of being a barrier to us having our own time with God, um, we can actually experience that in relationship with them. And when we spend time with kids, I experienced that myself. My kids are talkers. And so it seemed like they never stopped talking. And instead of feeling like I'm missing out on the opportunity to, to pray in peace and to hear from God, I can, I can hear him and the things they're saying and their excitement by what's around them and the ideas that they have and how they can just share them without having to think about, you know, why things wouldn't work um, or kind of the negative things that we tend to lean towards as adults. Um, and we need you to be part of that. Like we have um, pre-COVID uh, you know, 200 or more kids coming between our three locations on a typical Sunday morning. Um, and I've always loved thinking of my role as a staff member at the church. Jeff, you've always said, you know, our time is kind of freed up financially, like we're kind of our families being supported so that our time is freed up to, to spend our weeks, to spend our lives thinking about these things and building these ministries but I alone cannot build relationships and support 200 or more kids. We, we need to do it together. God designed us to do it together, to, to grow in our faith and build the church together, not just to, to sit there and take something in, but to be part of something. And with kids as you know, 30% of our congregation, obviously there's, there's value to all the parts of the church, but we also need people to be investing in that 30% and helping build that ministry and, and spend their time making sure that there are people who want to be part of the church and have an impact in their communities for the good as they grow up so that 20 years from now, they're also making a kingdom impact. Amazing. Jade, thanks so much for being with us today. And uh, thanks to all of you for joining in and tracking with us now during this August recruitment season. Uh, it's exciting to see the way God's working among us and preparing us uh, for a really exciting fall. And uh, we hope that you'll track with us this, this whole month as we continue finding our way together. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Take care, everybody.